prophet Samuel said, Far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. Did you hear that? He saw prayerlessness as a sin. Just last night, my pastor said, I pray because God says to pray. It is an act of obedience. But I think sometimes that is lost. We see prayer as an option. It's something you can do, you know, if, if you need something or if you want to. But no, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are commanded to pray, to pray without ceasing. So today we're going to talk about four things that keep us from being strong in our prayer lives and how to overcome them. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Encouragement Outpost podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Georgia Pointer, and we are going to continue in our series entitled Let's Do Better. And we are going to just be tackling some things that we as Christians have have gotten slack about, some things that we need to firm up. And today we're going to talk about prayerlessness, the lack of prayer or the decrease of prayer, the neglect of prayer. I... I, I, I understand. I understand. I understand because I struggle with the same thing. But we can't make excuses. We must, we must, we must, we must strengthen our prayer lives. There is so very much at stake. God has said that without him, we can do nothing. But through him, we can do all things. And the link to that, one of the important links to that is to be a person of prayer. Prayer accesses the God of the universe. It accesses power that we we absolutely do not have. Prayer is a game changer. It really is. There are things that are going to happen if you pray that will not happen if you don't pray. So today I want to talk about four, four reasons why prayer is such a struggle for us. Four reasons why we don't pray. And the first one is busyness. It's busyness. Um, friend, we all are busy. The, the, the culture that we live in is one in which if we're not careful, every single moment will be eaten up with something to do, whether it's something we have to do or something we want to do. So how do you combat busyness? How do you keep it from competing with your prayer life? Friend, I think first of all, we need to recognize that busyness to a huge extent is a choice. Being too busy for prayer is a choice. Now, most of us we have we have jobs, you know, we have to we have to we have to pay the bills, we have to put 
put food on the table. Uh, we have family responsibilities, um, church responsibilities. But we all get the same number of hours in a day. And we have to tame our time. We have to make the time. We have to decide. We have to discipline ourselves so that busyness does not eat up all of our time. Now, like I said, you know, there are things that, that, that have to be done. Our, our jobs take up about eight hours of our day. Um, meal preparation, house cleaning and things like that. But we, we all have discretionary time. And you know what? Prayer, prayer doesn't have to have to have to take all all day. Now, when I say that, what I mean is that concentrated time where you come aside and you close your door and you go into your prayer closet uh where you decide this is this is prayer time. This is what I'm doing in this moment. That is a discipline. But I think I think one of the things that the enemy likes to use is we have a we have a an unrealistic comparison or an idea of what we think a prayer life looks like, you know, uh, you know, three hours, three hours on our knees. And if you have the time to do that, that's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And I've heard stories of people who who have done that and just the, the, the incredible impact that that discipline has made. But I think that the enemy loves to convince us that, you know, we can't do it like the three hour guy, you know, the three hour woman. And so why even bother? Friend, prayer is a, is a, is a relationship. Prayer is a, is a communing, is a talking, is a conversation with God. And we are to do that throughout our day while we're washing the dishes, while we're driving to work, um, you know, while we're we're in a meeting, uh, while we're cleaning the house, you know, at every opportunity, we should be talking to the Lord. But there is also something to be said for, for set aside some time intentionally. So I'm thinking that, you know, in order for busyness not to gobble up all of our time, we need to tell our time what to do and not let our time tell us what we're going to do. That's what discipline is. Discipline discipline is making a decision that says, uh, no, 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 no business. You're, you are not going to eat up my whole day. You will not. No, this is going to be prayer time. And if we, if we, if we, if we schedule it or we, we create a habit, then it becomes a more natural thing. It's like anything else, my friends. It's like exercising. It's like eating right we have to make a decision that this is what we're going to do because that is a choice that God has given us. That is something that is within our power, you know, to control. Um, another reason why we struggle with prayerlessness is social media, social media, our phones. I'm telling you, I think we would be surprised if we realized how much how much time we spend on on social media. It's like our default setting, isn't it? It's it's when we're not doing anything else 
or when we are anxious or we're bored, we immediately reach for the phone and we go to a social media site. And then that's just like a, that's a rabbit hole. You know, once you start, you look at one thing, which leads to something else, which leads to something else. And before you know it, you're like, where in the world has the time gone? So what can we do about the distraction of social media that keeps us weak in our prayer life? My suggestion would be that you put the phone or the computer in a timeout. Again, it's a discipline. It's a decision. Um, And I think that the earlier in the day that you do it, the better. Just putting putting your phone, maybe having a, a specific place on your kitchen counter or in your bedroom in a different room than where you're going to pray and have that place be uh, designated for your phone so that you can go and devote some time to prayer. It will feel strange at first. It'll, it'll be, it'll be a challenge at first. There's going to be some resistance because you have a spiritual enemy who, who hates the idea of you praying. But if you schedule it in your time, then you will get to where when you don't do it, you feel like something is off. You know, wait a minute. What did I? There's something I didn't do that I normally do. What is it? So put your phone or computer in a timeout and discipline yourself to pray so that social media does not eat up precious time that needs to be. Friend, friend, you have too many needs in your life. You have too many family members and friends and coworkers who are lost. You have too much potential to allow social media, which is just letting other people into your headspace. You got too much kingdom work to do. You have so you have too many needs. You have you have you have too much of a heavenly assignment. To allow social media to eat up your prayer time. You just do. You just do. Another reason why we struggle with prayerlessness is doubt. We don't pray because we don't really believe. Or maybe we're just not sure that God will answer that prayer. We're we just wonder if it's just a waste of time. So why even why even bother? Why bother? Sometimes we get so discouraged with the way things are and the way they have been for so long. Maybe we prayed for a while, maybe for a long while, and nothing seemed to change. And so you started to think, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. That's not working. But friend, we must persist. We must persist. So if you are struggling with doubt, I encourage you to confess that to the Lord. And just, I mean, he knows it anyway. We're not hiding anything from him. But I encourage you to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I, I don't believe anymore that you're going to do this. I don't, I don't believe, or I'm not sure. Sometimes it's not outright disbelief. It's just, we're uncertain. And I'm reminded of a man in the new Testament 
who said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. So turn to the Lord with your unbelief. Refresh your memory of who God is and what he can do. Sometimes we forget who we're dealing with in prayer. We we forget. Um, there's a verse here in Jeremiah 32, 27. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And it says, the Lord is speaking. Behold, in other words, look, pay attention. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? That is a question that has an obvious answer. No. With God, nothing shall be impossible. If he is the God of all flesh, that means he is He's before everything. He's at the top of the list. He's more powerful than anything and anybody, anybody. So whatever your obstacle, whatever, whatever, whatever your impossibility, recognize that that's only impossible in your own mind. Sometimes I think we look at a challenge. We look at a, a, at a difficulty. We look at something where the odds are stacked against us or against someone we know, or we look at the way things have always been. And we just assume that they have to stay that way because we're looking at it in our own strength. We're looking at what is impossible for us to do, what we cannot accomplish. We can't convince a person. We can't change anybody's mind. Excuse me. We can't force anyone to do anything, to change their ways. We can't change, um, Sometimes we can't we can't change the way things have always been. We 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 are we're limited in our own power. Oh, but friend, the one who has all the power has said, "Invite me into that situation. Invite me into that. I I got something <laughs> to bring to the table." Oh, my friend, my friend. Let's refresh our memories of who God is. Sometimes our our view of God gets gets faded. We forget who we're dealing with. We we forget that he is the one who puts breath in our lungs. We we forget that that sun we see shining every day, he put that there. We we forget that he is the one who has done some things in our past that just blew our head off our shoulders so to speak. We were just so in awe. We were so enamored, but, but, but those things have kind of faded in our minds because we're looking at the situation, um, through the eyes of our own strength. So friend, I encourage you, if you are struggling with doubt, first of all, confess that to the Lord, admit that to him and ask him to refresh your memory and don't just ask him to do it. Open your Bible Read those, those accounts in scripture, excuse me, read those accounts in scripture where, 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 where the Lord shut the lion's mouth. If the Lord can shut the mouth of a lion, then he can tame your adversary. He can tame the person who keeps bugging you, the person who is slandering you. 
He he can tame anybody and anything. He can. Yes, he can. I love the 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 account of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Y'all, they they had a determination that said that our God is able to deliver us. But even if he does not, we will not bow. And they went into that fiery furnace. You know the story. And they were walking around in there like they owned the place. And then somebody that looked in there and said, wait a minute, there were three people that was in there, right? I, I distinctly remember there being three people. I'm I'm seeing a fourth one. I'm seeing a fourth one. Friend, it's so easy to think, well, that was them. That happened to them. God would not come through for me. <clears throat> Friend, I challenge you. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm so sorry. I always just, why does this only happen when I'm, when I'm talking on this podcast? Uh, friend, you may be saying, well, that was them. That happened to them, but that doesn't happen now. Friend, I beg to differ. I just challenge you to write down some things that you need God for you, for God to do some, some things that, that, that are troubling you. Some things that seem impossible. Oh, my friend, I challenge you to do that and then put it up somewhere. Next to your bathroom mirror, on your refrigerator. Put it someplace that you will see it every day. And just begin to hammer away at that impossibility with prayer. Not only will God change the situation, but he will change you in the process. Y'all, there's some things that I that I remember just kind of resigning myself to. I thought, okay, this is just the way it's going to be. God, I just need you to give me grace to just accept that this is just the way things are going to be. And God in his great mercy stepped in and basically said, oh yeah, (laughs) watch this. And I have seen God transform relationships I've seen God transform stubbornness. I've seen God transform hard-heartedness. I have seen God provide. I've seen God. I've seen him do some beautiful things. And you have too. You have too. Unless you're very young in your faith. You've seen some things too. Remind yourself. Refresh your memory. Because The God who did those things in your life is the same God that we read about in scripture. He's the same God. And he wants to do some amazing things in your life. Now, we can pray that God will give us grace until our change comes. We can ask him to sustain us until he decides to step in and change things. And by the way, just because on the surface it doesn't look like anything has moved doesn't mean that God is not doing something underneath the surface surface. It may be that God is sawing away at the bottom of that mountain. It may be that God may be hollowing out that, that mountain from the inside. And when he gets ready and when you're ready, that mountain will topple over. It will crumble my friend. So if you're struggling with doubt, Refresh your memory by getting into God's word and asking him to show you his glory. 
to magnify him to his proper size in your mind. Because doubt means that we are viewing a God who is small. It's like we're seeing him in a photograph. It's not his actual size. Ask God to magnify himself in your mind. But you got to do your part too. Get in the word. Take the time. Open that Bible. Remind yourself. Look up where those verses are. Look up where those scriptures are. Remind yourself of who he is. Uh, And then a final, uh, this is by no means an exhaustive list, but another reason why we are guilty of prayerlessness is because of guilt. Sometimes we feel so unworthy. Sometimes we fail so many times that we give up on ourselves and we allow guilt to keep us from the throne of grace. That's a, that's an easy fix right there. That's an easy fix. I'm going to tell you. John, first John chapter one, verse nine says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Once you confess that sin, my friend, and turn away from it, you are, you are, you're free from guilt. God has set you free. And he whom the son sets free is free indeed. So you just need to act like you're, you're, you're not guilty because you are no more. The blood of Christ is powerful enough to erase your guilt. Yes, however deep the stain is, the blood of Christ can wash it out. So then you have to go about. Sometimes it takes time for our emotions to pick up, to, to catch up. But you must, you must believe, my friend. You must continue. And sometimes, you know, the enemy loves to pick on people with guilt. And he likes to continue to remind them of what they've done and how unworthy they are and all of that. But friend, you can shut the enemy's mouth with the word of God. So maybe you need to set to memory 1 John 1, 9 to where you say it out loud. I am forgiven because I have confessed. He has cleansed me. And get on about the business of getting on your knees, my friend. Talk over the enemy while he is running his mouth. Talk over him with prayer. Resist the devil in that way and he will flee from you. If you have been encouraged by today's episode, I encourage you to share it with someone that you think might be encouraged by this. I am available to speak at your church. Um, It will be my honor and privilege to do that. So if you have a women's event that's coming up or um, if you need uh, any type of of, of encouragement, let me know. Email me at ordinarygirl at yahoo.com. Ordinary is spelled O-R-D-I-N-E-R-R-Y girl at yahoo.com. God bless you, my friends. And thank you for your time and attention and listening to today's podcast. 
Join us next time when we continue to talk about things that we as Christians need to do better.